folks, it's Tuvia here, and I'm excited to be back with you with another episode of It Only Takes One. Remember, we're here to trigger conversations and to think about topics from a different perspective. Because through challenging thought, you have the power to help shape and transform not just one person's life, but in fact have a ripple effect to transform many lives. I read a great quote the other day. Karma has no menu. You get served what you deserve. It got me thinking about notions of the universe and fate, subjects I've discussed before in different contexts. But what is it about this thing called karma that in its simplest is thought of as the notion that what goes around comes around? Before we delve deeper, I'd like to go back and think about the lens through which you saw the statement, you get served what you deserve. Did you interpret it as a negative? like revenge via the universe? Or did you see it as the universe rewarding your kindness? If your gut went negative, think about whether you want to take pause and ask yourself why. Attitude is everything, right? And maybe you're in a place that's leaning a bit darker, but it doesn't have to be, right? My point is that you can interpret get what you deserve through a positive lens too. In any event, not the point of what we're here to discuss. And if you did lean negative, don't beat yourself up about it. Karma does usually get a bad rap. In fact, someone sent me a quote and it made me laugh. It read, Karma's just sharpening her nails and finishing her drink. She says she'll be with you shortly. That's funny. And it is how people see karma, like the universe seeking revenge. Poor karma being characterized like that. But you know, karma isn't just simple retribution for bad deeds. It's also not simple luck or even destiny. Eastern traditions accept that karma will impact your life in both positive and negative ways. The belief is that actions and intentions can influence karma because karma is seen as part of a cycle of life and rebirth. What do I mean by this? Well, karma is a Sanskrit word meaning action, work, or deed. It goes to the spiritual cycle of cause and effect. It's like a ledger and your good intentions and deeds will result in increasing your good karma, while bad intentions and deeds will accrue in your negative karma bucket. So, rather than viewing it as a particular reward or punishment, karma is in fact a law of consequences. Karmic theory recognizes two forms of karma, the phallus and the samsaras. A phala is a visible or invisible karmic effect that's immediate or at least within your current lifetime. On the other hand, samsaras are invisible effects that are produced inside you and impact your ability to be happy or unhappy, and extends to both this and future lives. That's a lot of pressure about what our day-to-day thoughts and actions can do, not just this week, year, or lifetime, but in future lifetimes as well. So I'm curious, does karma really exist? Time magazine tried to answer the question scientifically. I'm skeptical on the scientific method and their basis, but their conclusion is that yes, karma really exists. They quote research which suggests that when wanting and uncertainty are high and personal control is lacking, people may be more likely to help others as if they can encourage fate's favor by doing good deeds proactively. Their scientific basis is founded in analysis of social networks, with the bold statement that behavior is influenced three degrees out. 
What this means is that each of us is affected by strangers. Everything from political views, to weight gain, to smoking, and even happiness. All influence three degrees out. What does three degrees mean? Well, impact on friends is the first degree. Our friends' friends, that's the second degree. And our friends' friends' friends, so strangers really, that's the third degree. Time Magazine says that experiments, again, I'm not necessarily bought in, have demonstrated that people can catch emotional states they observe in others over time, ranging from seconds to weeks. Statistically, happy first-degree friends will make you 15% more likely to be happy. And if a second-degree friend becomes happier, that 10% chance that you will become happier, dropping to 6% at the third-degree level. The suggestion is that karma works because if you make your friends happy, the happiness will come back to you. Maybe I take my skeptic comment back, because as I discussed in how transformative I thought the book The Energy Bus by John Gordon was, the energy of those around us can certainly either sap us to empty or motivate and inspire us. So maybe there is some basis to the experiments. A deeper dive into the scientific validation of karma led me to an interesting piece in psychology today. The article concluded that karma can be reproduced in experimental settings, meaning the concept has scientific clout. It gave five instances of evidence, but I'll focus on two, priming and giving. Let's start with the priming. Cognitive theories refer to the term construct as explanations of mental concepts or ideas. Activating a construct can influence human outlook. So, if a person is thinking of dishonesty, then their attention will be guided to dishonest phenomena in their environment, and their perception will be influenced accordingly. Ambiguous actions taken by others, such as failing to scan an item out at self-checkout, will be prone to be interpreted as dishonest rather than merely forgetful. Research shows that manipulating participant behavior in a fashion linked to a concept can lead the participant to perceive outsiders in a consistent fashion. For instance, if a person were primed to behave in an angry manner, this person will perceive others with anger. This finding underlies a key aspect of karma. One's own behaviors results in perceiving the world in a certain fashion. Turning to giving, the research was fascinating as it looked at success in the workplace. The findings showed that those givers who advance to the top of an organization are typically not selfless givers. Selfless givers usually fail because they lack boundaries, and they end up indiscriminately wasting resources by helping everyone. Instead, givers who succeed show clarity in whom they help and how they help those people. They also focus their efforts on either like-minded givers or those who are not quite givers, but are definitely not takers. Interestingly, successful givers are wary of takers, and they worry about these people taking advantage. So again, what goes around, comes around. With that background in mind, I had to learn more. And what was truly fascinating is that there are 12 laws of karma constantly at play. 12. So here's a high-level summary of them. First, the law of cause and effect, or the great law. Whatever thoughts you relay, good or bad, they come back to you. It's basically the law of attraction. So, if you want love, be loving. 
If you want honesty in your relationships, offer authenticity and honesty to those around you. 2. The Law of Creation You have to act to make things happen to you, as nothing happens magically. If life doesn't look the way you want it to right now, look within. Ask yourself what actually needs changing. Then create space for things you desire to show up. If you're surrounded by chaos, then there is internal chaos that you must address. 3. The Law of Growth For a positive world, start with yourself, have control of yourself, and work on personal growth. Remember, you only have control over yourself. So focus on your own development before trying to control or change others. You must change yourself in order to change your life. 4. The Law of Humility You should be able to accept reality and understand that your past actions have an impact on your current situation. If you constantly blame others for things you have created, you're out of step with reality. Consistent self-reflection is key here. First, truly identify where you are in life, then humbly work toward what you want instead. 5. The Law of Responsibility What happens to you is because of your own actions. You must learn to take responsibility for your own doings. This is like the law of growth and aims to press that you should not constantly look outside of yourself to find excuses. You are the product of your choices. Take ownership of what's happening to you. 6. The Law of Connection Your past, present, and future are all interconnected. Who you are today is a result of your previous actions, and who you will be tomorrow will be a result of your actions today. Take time to redress karmic wrongs from your past. 7. The Law of Focus Concentrate on one thing at a time and don't lose focus, as that'll just slow you down and open doors to negativity. We may claim to be marvelous mass multitaskers, but we can accomplish so much more when we actually focus. If you have several important goals, try following them in a linear manner in a ranked order. Don't give each goal only a fraction of your energy. 8. The Law of Hospitality if you believe in something, you must yourself contribute to it. This will help you understand the importance of your actions. The sentiment here is talk the talk and walk the walk. Number nine, the law of here and now. Embrace your now. It is a major step towards attaining peace of mind. If you cling too hard to past feelings, experiences, and beliefs, you will always have one foot in the past. Likewise, if you focus on anxiety or greed, you will always have one foot in the future. The present is here to be fully engaged with and enjoyed. 10. The Law of Change The vicious cycle of life history shall continue until you learn from the experience and do something positive to stop that cycle. This law is interconnected to the message that the universe gives us what we need. Only once you can dis demonstrate that you have learned, you will create a different future. Otherwise, you may feel like you're constantly stuck in a loop. 11. The Law of Patience and Reward Be consistent with your karmic deeds. They will for sure be fruitful. However, 
Be aware that successes will be minor in comparison to what you're capable of you achieving. If you expect immediate seismic results, you will be disappointed. The law of significance and inspiration is number 12. All your contributions affect the world around you, no matter how small or big they seem to you. Fulfill your mission, use your gifts. You may not always feel significant, but you always are. Whenever you make creative, loving contributions to the world around you, you inspire. You inspire similarly positive behavior from others. This ultimately attracts more positivity back into your life. And so there you have it. I know for me, just spending time researching and getting to better understand karma has somehow calmed me and helped me feel better, more positive, and to give out a different type of energy. My personal conclusion is that it doesn't have to quite make sense logically in order to be very real and to be present in our lives. There are things, perhaps a magical energy to the universe, that we don't need to be able to explain. So, I think karma does exist. Not through a negative retribution lens. I see it through a positive, beautiful lens. So what about you? If you're still undecided, perhaps I can leave you with a challenge. Take two weeks and try to live some of these laws every day. Not all 12 that I mentioned, maybe just restrict it to two or three. And see what happens. And maybe if you start feeling a sense of calm, or you start attracting more happiness or goodness, you too might become a believer. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode of It Only Takes One, then please consider hitting the subscribe button and to sharing today's episode with someone else. And let's keep the conversation going. I'm wishing you all an awesome rest of the day, filled with good, positive energy. And I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you.